Chavav Tammuz Taf Shin Ayin Vav, coming to you live from the headquarters of REL Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Yonatan Razel opens up another live edition of the Israel Show. We're here each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, which translates to 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Israel Time. Thank you for joining us. Of course, you can listen to us on demand. When, uh, on demand means whenever you want. And you can do that on the website, nachamsegel.com. You can do so via the app, the NSN app. 
which is available for free for Android and iPhone. You can do so by podcasting, meaning subscribing to the Israel Show iTunes podcast, and the show gets downloaded into your MP3 player, iPhone, smartphone, etc., automatically every week. So many ways to listen, and we're happy that you do, and you make us a part of your week. Um, this edition of the Israel Show being during Kufat Bein HaMitzarim, between Shiva Asar Betamuz and Tisha B'Av, will feature only slow and inspirational music. A lot of it will be focused on Yerushalayim, which is the focus, of course, of this period of time. And uh, we'll have some others. We will uh, share with you a very moving story from Israel. That'll be towards the end in our in our good news, in our good news segment towards the end of the show. Very moving um, um, story about two Jews, Gadi, Rimon, and Shlomo Bergman. Um, it took place in Israel a bunch of years ago. And uh, it was now... Um, made into a video. We'll uh, share that with you and also share with you the link so that you can watch it if you'd like and you can see the video, not only hear the audio. We will discuss uh, ghost apartments in Jerusalem. <laughs> That's not as spooky as it sounds. We'll explain. And we just, just like a few days ago, passed the 70th anniversary of the bombing of the King David Hotel, one of the, um, one of the events the lead-up to the uh, founding of the State of Israel that is most mentioned, most um, discussed. And we will discuss it and uh, tell you why a lot of the lies that come out of that story, a lot of the blood libels that the world has created around the bombing of the King David Hotel by the Etzel, which was led at the time by Menachem Begin, why those are not true, and, and what is the real story behind it, what really happened. Uh, we'll uh, get to one more song. This is Shirat Asavim, Naomi Shemer's uh, music, based on the words of Rav Nachman of Braslav. The, uh, this version is from Hamadre Goat, and we bring it to you here on the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten, and you are tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. She called Roy Na'asen 
Shirat Asavim, melody written by Naomi Shemer, the great Naomi Shemer, and sung by the Hamadre Goat, with the words based on the teachings of Rab Nachman of Breslav. We spoke, well, we teased a little bit before, we spoke about the ghost apartments and Clearly, this doesn't sound like the most important news item, but I, but I, I think there's an interesting uh, overarching point here. So, ghost apartments in the city of Yerushalayim are apartments, the city claims that there, there, there are over 5,000 such apartments that are owned by people who live outside of Israel, foreigners. Americans, I think, mainly, but also British, French, and others, who want to have a place in Yerushalayim. I don't think it's a financial investment. I think they want to have a place in Yerushalayim because it's Yerushalayim, because it's a united Yerushalayim, a Jewish Yerushalayim, and they feel that this is really their home, even if they're only there for a few weeks during the year. But the catch is that they don't want to rent out this, this, uh, uh, these apartments when they're not there. Usually, and, and you have to imagine that someone who can afford a decent-sized apartment in Yerushalayim has got to be relatively very wealthy. <laughs> not even relatively. Very wealthy. Um, real estate in Yerushalayim is extremely expensive. And if you're not renting it out, you're surely so comfortable financially that you can allow your your um, real estate, your investment, to sit idle, not make any money, if anything costs you money, by, uh, by not renting it out. What's the problem? The problem is that the city of Yerushalayim, the municipality and the, the people of Yerushalayim, have a problem with the fact that A, Areas where many such ghost apartments are, the 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 economy of the neighborhood is going to tank because no one's going to the grocery store during the year, no one's going to the cleaners during the year, or the vegetable store, or or the supermarket, right? So there's no economy there. People coming maybe for Sukkot and for Pesach and maybe for a week here and there, and the rest of the time no one's there. Also. Because the people are ready to put large sums of money in, into basically a ghost apartment, the value of the real estate goes up, and other people who live in Yerushalayim have difficulty buying there. And there's a shortage of apartments for rent in Yerushalayim. And so the city wants to encourage people who own an apartment, who are not using it, to rent it out. And they can't figure out how to... They've been trying for years to figure out how, how to deal with this problem. So, finally, a few years ago, they came up with this idea. This is going back now probably five, six years. They came up with an idea that said, <clears throat> we're go- if you don't use your apartment, if you let your apartment be empty for, um, what is it, three months, I think. If you occupy it for less than three months out of the year the city municipality will charge you double the real estate tax. Double. Now, here's what the deputy mayor of Jerusalem says. Quote, doubling the tax will put ghost apartments into the rental market, as well as create significant additional revenues for the city, which will be used for affordable housing. Okay. So the second part of that is fine, yes. There'll be more money in the city in the city budget because a whole bunch of people, thousands of people, are doubling their property tax. But it's not going to put ghost apartments into the rental market. Someone who owns what we're calling a ghost apartment usually is a luxury apartment, beautifully appointed. They're not renting it out to somebody. This is their apartment that they want to keep in beautiful shape. They want to not have any damage done to the apartment. So they're not going to rent it out. And they're wealthy enough, obviously, to own the apartment and not rent it. 
They're wealthy enough to pay twice the city taxes. It's probably not even a big burden. So it's not going to open up the rental market. Um, And continuing the quote, this is from Ofer Berkowitz, who's the deputy mayor of Jerusalem. Just this week, I heard of an apartment being sold because of the higher tax we've imposed. Now, maybe he did hear of that. But to think that that's going to happen more than one in a million is, is silly. Again, the people who own ghost apartments are extremely wealthy Jews from outside of Israel, from the U.S. and other places who want to have a place in Jerusalem, a beautiful home in the eternal capital of the Jewish people. They're not giving it up because you added a few thousand dollars to the taxes. And that's where the fallacy of this whole thing is. So, okay, I I think the municipality has the right, obviously, to double the taxes. I hear the logic, but no one should think that this is going to solve any problem. It won't. It won't solve the marketing, the, uh, the, the housing problem. Will it do anything? Yeah. It'll increase the money that the municipality of Jerusalem has to spend, and hopefully they will spend it wisely. They, they believe it's at 18 million shekel in extra, in, uh, in extra taxes. So, um, I don't know, about uh, what? $5 million or something like that. Okay. We will see what happens, but um, this has been going on for a long time. And finally, finally, over the last few weeks, the first such double double taxes, double tax bills went out. The uh, property tax in Israel is called Arnona. I wonder why. Well, we'll have to look it up. Sounds like a not originally a Hebrew word. So the Arnona has gotten doubled for ghost apartments. How do they know, by the way? How do, how do they know if it's a ghost apartment? How, how does the Jerusalem municipality know... If, if no one's living there for at least uh, three months? And the answer is the utility bills. It's that simple. They check your water bill. They check the electricity bill. They know how much water is usually used by uh, even by one or two people in an apartment during a year. And if your water bill is not like that, then they'll double tax you. Of course, you have the opportunity to appeal that decision. So much for the ghost apartments. Of Jerusalem. A little later on in the show, we'll bring you. Um, we go, we're going to um, commemorate the 70th, 70th anniversary of the bombing of the King David Hotel. We also bring you some good news stories at the end of our show. We are going now to a song called Korate Elecha, I Call Out to You. This is uh, a song that was just released by Naamas Sod, and it is in memory of. Halel Yaffa Ariel, the 13-year-old girl who was stabbed while she was sleeping in her home in Kiryat Arba. Stabbed to death. We hopefully all remember that name, Halel Yaffa Ariel. And uh, I don't know who Naamasod is. I'm not familiar with that name. Tried to look it up. Did not see much of hers. But this song that she wrote was it's really so appropriate for for this period of time of the year um the the pain doesn't let go it burns the heart the heart yearns for peace for quiet I call out to you, to God, our Father in Heaven, have mercy on us. The only sacrifices we should bring, it works in Hebrew and English in this work case, the only korbanot, the only sacrifices should be in the Beit HaMikdash, not the sacrifices that we have now for Eretz Yisrael amongst the people of Israel. Why, why bring death before its time. Now, I'm also the memory of Halel Yafa Ariel. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network. Thank you. 
קוראת אליך נעמסוד. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Listener Moshe writes, would it be cheaper for wealthy foreigners to leave the water running and uh, electrical things on rather than pay the penalty, which is a cute idea. Um, I think the focus is more on the water, and the water might, be, um, <clears throat> might, might carry a danger of flooding if you leave water on um, all the time. Don't know. Good question. Good thought. Interesting idea. <laughs> We're good at coming up with good ideas. Um, that new song, Koret Elecha, in memory of Halal uh, Yafa We're going to post the link to the YouTube video on our web, on our web, on our Facebook page. And we post links to all the songs that we play uh, during the show. Every week, a few hours after the show, on our Facebook page, then you can go listen to any song that you like. If you heard something that really caught your fancy or there's some nostalgic song that you really enjoyed, you want to hear it again, you go to the Facebook page, you click on the link, and you can hear the song to your heart's content. Now you might ask, <clears throat> where is this Facebook page? Well, it can be found at facebook.com slash The Israel Show. That simple, one long word. Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. And we encourage you to like The Israel Show. Our slogan is, have a listen, take a look, give a like. And 391 people have already done so, which means we are that close to 400. It's so exciting. Big uh, milestone. We're that close to 400. So we encourage you to like the page, not just, it's important to like the items that we post, but it's also important to like the page. We, today we will also post a link to that video that we're going to play at the end, which is so cool, such a beautiful story, and I'm sure you're going to want to share it with others. The postscript to the Yerushalayim, apart, the ghost apartment story, which um, which we were discussing before and, and, and listener Moshe was mentioning now, the postscript is that we are now in the period between Chivas Sarbet 
and Tisha B'Av. This is the period that Yerushalayim is being destroyed. First temple commonwealth period by Bavel. Second by the Romans. Twice Yerushalayim was decimated. It's not the, obviously we mourn that the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, but we also mourn that the the state of Israel no longer existed after the first and second temple. After the first temple, there was no more meluchad. There was no king kingdom ever again in Jewish history. And after the second temple period, and until our time, we were thrown out of the land completely as a result of what happened during this period of time. So how beautiful it is to be able to discuss the luxury that Jews are not being thrown out of Yerushalayim, but Jews are rushing to Yerushalayim. Jews are ready to, to invest huge amounts of money to have a place in Yerushalayim. They're not even ready to rent it out to somebody else. It's theirs and they want to keep it. They want to cherish it. And I think that is an important message for us during this three-week um, period between Shavas Abitamuz and Tisha Ab'av, when we remember the destruction of Jewish sovereignty in the land of Israel. Um, we are going to another new song, brand new song. This is from a group called Culture Shock. Culture Shock, but it's Kol is K-O-L, like voice. Um, they're, they're out of Israel. It's an a cappella group. And they've recorded several songs. This is Imesh Kachech Yerushalayim, a cappella, brand new. We'll post the link. Yes, we will. Brought to you by Culture Shock. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Culture shock. Culture shock. K-O-L. With Emesh Kachich Yerushalayim, beautiful a cappella music. As we make our way through the uh, period between Shiva Sarbet Tammuz and Tisha B'Av, known as Bein HaMitzarim, or HaMitzarim, between the dire straits. Now, this is the, the coolness of doing a live show. If you're in central Tel Aviv or northern Tel Aviv, you are experiencing, or in parts of Ramat Gan, actually, you're experiencing what seems to be a major power outage, which is, um, in addition to um, 
creating havoc in, in homes and businesses. It's creating havocs on the, havoc on the roads because the um, traffic lights are all out and it is a big mess. So um, if you are planning on going there, don't. And if you are there and listening to us, and we hope that we will make your commute and getting through this uh, somewhat easier than than um, than it would be otherwise. The Israel Show is sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. Did you hear the amazing show that Nachum did from the Nefesh Benefesh? He did half of the show recorded on the Nefesh Benefesh aircraft. I saw pictures. There are pictures on Nachum's Facebook page. It is so cool. They're sitting on the plane or in the plane. Nachum has on his lap, on the little tray, all the stuff that he needs. There's people, <laughs> there are people sitting on the floor nearby. It is so cool. And then, of course, when they arrived, oh my gosh, when they arrived, the amazing ceremony. And Nachum um, recorded the rest of the show from there. And it was so beautiful. It was so inspiring. It was so moving. That is just part of the amazing work that Nefesh Benefesh does, these charter flights to Israel. Nachum has been invited three times already to join a charter flight. Or as Nachum says, I've made fake Aliyah three times already. <laughs> we encourage you to take a look at the Nefesh Benefesh website and see, even if you're not planning, just see what it is that they are offering. See what it is that they're talking about. It's Nefesh Benefesh. Their website is www.nbn.org.il nbn.org.il And um, we are very proud, proud, proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. Revolutionizing Aliyah. So, as we uh, said several times already during the show, Last week was the 70th anniversary of uh, what everybody knows as the bombing of the King David Hotel by the Jewish underground, the Etzel. This is the way it's usually portrayed, the Etzel, led by Menachem Begin. It was Chaf Gimel Tammuz, if I'm not mistaken. And today is what? Chavav. So just a few days ago. And, and notice the language. It was the King David Hotel that was bombed by the underground, by Menachem Begin. There were 97 innocent people killed. It was a terror attack. And look, eventually Menachem Begin became the Prime Minister of Israel. So you see, that's the way things work. First, people are terrorists, and then once they accomplish their goal, they can be the prime minister. That's the narrative that you hear on one hand. Of course, there's another part of this narrative that you will hear. Look how evil the Jews were when they were fighting for sovereignty in their land, fighting for the state of Israel. They were even ready to blow up a hotel with innocent people in there. Over 90 people were killed. The Jews shouldn't preach to the rest of the world how moral they are. They shouldn't be, they're condemning terrorists. Look, they're, they're, look, look at the terrorism that they've carried out. So, I'll start with the end. The end is, one, the King David Hotel was not a hotel. I mean, it was, but half of it was taken over by the British Army and used as their administrative offices. So we have to sort of like already reduce that myth that it was just, oh, hotels, tourists in hotels, innocent. But you might say still, just blowing people up is wrong, and, and yeah. But the Etzel and Menachem Begin felt that way as well. And the key to this whole story 
is that the Etzel called several times to the hotel slash to the military administrative offices and warned the people. They said, we are putting a bomb in the basement. Everybody get out. We don't want anyone to get killed. We want to destroy the offices. They wanted to destroy the documents, the paperwork. They did not want to kill people. And so two people, two separate people were set, were given the task to call the hotel in advance a half an hour, which is more than enough time to get everybody out. And then the bombs would go off and no one would be hurt except for the building. What happened? Why were so many people killed? Because the British, who got the call, thought it was ridiculous that the Etzel could possibly penetrate their administrative offices and plant a bomb. And so, in their in, 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 in snobbishness, I, I guess you would call it, high-mindedness, their ego... That said, it's not, oh, come on, the Jews. One is even quoted as saying, the Jews aren't going to tell me what to do. We tell the Jews what to do. And because of that stupidity, because of that stupidity, 91 innocent people were killed. We have two clips, uh, two clips to share with you. Where did I put them? Here they are. Two clips to share with you. Actually, no, where did I put them? Here they are. Okay, so the first one, is uh, Menachem Begin speaking in, in English in England in the early 70s before he was prime minister. It's the first time he visited England. And don't forget that the British had a price on his head before 1948 as the leader of the Etzel. And now he comes to England. He's giving a press conference. And of course, somebody brings up the question of the bombing of the King David. And Menachem Begin um, expresses his... Um, he, he gives them his version, what he, what he knows to be true. Here it is. You mentioned, of course, a hotel, and you mean the King David Hotel. I am glad that this is an opportunity for the first time to speak directly to the British people and to explain to them that we gave an early warning for half an hour to evacuate the hotel. If that warning had been heeded, none would have been hurt at all. But the evacuation of the hotel was prevented by the man on the spot. And this was a tragedy. We never wanted to cause any casualties during that historic operation. So there you hear Menachem Begin giving uh, the explanation that he has been given many times over. But the world doesn't really want to hear that. They want to be able to portray the Jews as also being not so innocent and not so good and evil. We see it coming to an end, to how it comes to, to a pitch. Now, in our day and age, how the BDS movement basically distorts everything. Lies are truth and truth are lies. Um, and there is the testimony of one of the two people, there were two women who were given the job of going to telephones and calling not only the, the British uh, administrative offices, but there's a gas there's a gas station there to this very day next to the King David Hotel. They called them to warn them, and behind that is a building that um, is the French consulate, which I I believe is still there today as well, meaning it functions as the French consulate still today. And uh, they were also called, even though their building wouldn't be hurt, but the the effect of the bomb would have shattered windows and people could have been hurt. So they called the gas station and the the French consulate and said, open up your windows so nobody should get hurt. This is the extent to which they went to warn people because they didn't want to kill people. Look at the difference when people call Menachem Begin a former terrorist. Terrorists don't go calling in advance and saying, get out of the building. We don't want to hurt lives. We just want to inflict pain on your administration by collapsing your offices. The building, not the lives. 
The name of this witness is Sarah Agassi. She was one of the two women who was given the job by the Etzel. She was in on the plan. She she had staked out the hotel. She had been there with her. her actually, her uh, her brother was one of the people who had brought the bombs into the hotel. His, his, his code name was Gal. Last name Goldschmidt. Those of you who are... Um, familiar with the singing group Kol Achai that we play on occasion. We both hear it on Jame and the AM. The Kol Achai, the three brothers, Yitzchak, Yossi, and Boaz, their last name is Goldschmidt, and this Sarah Agassi Goldschmidt, who's giving the testimony that she made the call, is actually is their aunt. The whole family, the Goldschmidt family, were... Uh, Etzel members and Kolachai's father, Naftali, Alava Shalom, was in the Etzel and the families as a the family as a whole was and, and as we said, Gal, the uncle was uh, was killed later on in the war and there's a street named after him in Yerushalayim. So this is the testimony, this is in Hebrew, of Sarah Agassi, how she says when she got the signal to go, meaning there's a half hour before the bombs go off, she and the other person she mentions her run to the phone, make the calls. And uh, and the calls are ultimately uh, ignored. ברגה שקיבלנו תאות, רצנו תחייה ואני לאודיה לרשת כל המלון. אחר כך פנינו כל תחנת הדלק, ולקונסוליה הצרפתי שהיה מאחוריה, שיפתחו את החלונות, שלא ייפגעו האנשים. בקינג דיוויד, המפקד אמר, as she says, innocent people were killed because of the stupidity of the commander, the British commander who said, those bloody Jews aren't going to give me orders. We give them orders. Um, there is a historical background, and I, I, we're not going to get to it today, but there's a historical background that's important to understand of what was going on in Israel at the time. And it's, it's not to justify, because you don't need to just justify. The, the, this, um, this bombing, the act of the bombing in the King David of the British military administration was done in, in a way... It's like, you know, today, Israel goes out and warns the people in Aza, we're about to bomb this area, get out. And we, we look at each other and we say, who does that? But we do. So does, does one need to justify it? I don't know. It's a moral question. It's a good question. But one should surely understand the historical context within which this took place. And uh, if we have some, we'll play a song. If we have some time after that, we'll do it. If not, we'll save it for another um, another show because it's a very interesting um, historical episode of uh, the Jewish people. We're going to go to Ariel Horowitz, Al Nahawot Bavel. Ariel Horowitz is Naomi Shemer's son, and he is singing her composition, which is also uh, encompasses within it Don McLean's famous rivers of uh, on the rivers of babylon al nahrot bavel is a social commentary at the time that it was written many young israelis were leaving uh, israel going to uh, america europe and um, looking for a better life and so naomi shema wrote this song al nahrot bavel what are you looking for on the shores of bavel my name is maya weingarten you're tuned to the israel show on the nachon siegel network Shabbat Shalom. 
Kanye El Dad with Tzion Tamati off of her album Shire Artsy. Uh, you know, it's uh, I didn't plan it this way, but it's interesting. Kanye El Dad is from uh, yet another famous family. This one from the Lechi. Her grandfather, Yisrael El Dad, was one of the three leaders of the Lechi. He was sort of the spiritual leader. He wrote much encouraging and uplifting the uh, the fighters in their fight for Eretz Yisrael. Very, very interesting person. Uh, and uh, I had the privilege of meeting him and having a, a, a conversation with him many, many years ago when I was in college in Israel. Fascinating person. Before that, Ariel Horowitz, Nomi Shemer's son, with Al Naharot Bavel. Uh, as promised, we're going to bring you this great story about um, two Jews in the land of Israel, two young Jews, Gadi Rimon and Shlomo Bergman. And uh, this story is, uh, I came upon it on a Facebook page. It's told by somebody by the name of Rosh Lowe, who's a journalist. I never heard of him before. I'm going to do more research into who he is, but he tells a beautiful story. And we'll po- post a link on facebook.com slash the Israel show. And you see the video, it's... Uh, it's it's nice it's nicely done, but you you'll get the gist of it from the audio as well. And uh, this is under the good news section as we uh, start to wind down this uh, edition of the Israel Show. Twenty-seven years ago, at the height of the first Intifada in Israel, an IDF soldier named Gadi Rimon was shot outside of the town of Ramallah. The Arab gunman assumed he was dead and moved on. Shortly after, a young Israeli named Shlomo Bergman happened to be driving by and saw Gadi bleeding on the ground. He brought him into his car and sped off to the nearest Israeli hospital. Shlomo, realizing there was nothing more he could do, decided to go home. Gadi's parents arrived at the hospital minutes after Shlomo left. Several hours later, the doctors told them that their son Gadi was going to survive. Two weeks later, Gadi returned to his home in Ashdod. His mother, Tamari Mon, desperately tried to find the boy who saved her son's life, but she had no way of identifying him. She made endless phone calls and hung up signs in the grocery store that they owned. The Rimon family needed to thank Shlomo for saving their son. Almost a year after the incident, Shlomo's mother, Anat Bergman, was visiting friends in Ashdod and happened to stop by the Ramon's grocery store. At the checkout counter, she saw one of the posters and realized that this poster was describing her son. She walked over to Mrs. Ramon, who was working at the store, and asked her who put up the sign. When Mrs. Ramon said that it was her, Mrs. Bergman stared at her in disbelief. I can't believe you are the mother of the soldier my son saved. Look at me. You don't remember me? I'm so sorry, Mrs. Ramon replied, but I don't believe that I do. Have we met? Mrs. Bergman said, 22 years ago, my husband and I were living here in Ashdod with our two children, and one day I came into your supermarket crying. I was pregnant at the time, and I was about to arrange with my doctor to end my pregnancy. I was crying because I did not really want to get an abortion, but felt that because of financial issues I was having, that I had to. You happened to overhear my conversation, and you and your husband sat down with me for hours. You did not tell me what to do, but were instead so encouraging and supportive. You gave me advice and guidance. You helped me figure out a financial plan. And in the end, I decided not to go through with the abortion. That precious child that I gave birth to was Shlomo. As tears flowed down both of their cheeks, Mrs. Bergman hugged Mrs. Ramon and said, You saved my son. And in return, my son saved yours. Tamari Moan made the decision to help a complete stranger out of pure care and concern. She did not expect anything back. Yet, divine providence orchestrated that she would receive the greatest gift, the life of her son. Giving to others is one of the greatest privileges that we have in life. And our acts of kindness create ripple effects that impact the world in ways that we can never imagine. What a story. I love it. Uh, we're going to close out soon. First, uh, several listeners commented. Um, Dina, I think that's the way you pronounce it. Dina, Moshe, and others uh, about 
why not paying somebody who lives in Yerushalayim to go into a ghost apartment, run the water, uh, run the electricity. There are people, there are quite a number of uh, companies uh, and individuals who tend to ghost apartments uh, for others. And they do make a nice living off of that. But uh, for some reason, and I guess it's that it would, it would require way too much water to run. And by the way, Israel does have a water shortage, so just like wasting, having water run, uh, we're used to that in America, maybe, but in Israel, where water is a commodity, literally such an important commodity, I guess it, would be, uh, it, it wouldn't be the right thing to do. Uh, but uh, thank you all for your comments. That's very cool. We're going to end off with another Imesh Kacheich, this one from a group called Harp and Love. Very beautifully done. I think it's almost a cappella, not totally a cappella, but we are going before that to, uh, here we go, we're going to thank you so much for listening. Thank you for participating. Uh, we got a lot of nice comments on, uh, on the Nachum Single Network app and on our Facebook page. Uh, thanks for your Facebook likes and comments. We're getting close to 400. Yay! Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And as always, my very special thanks to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, encore presentations of Eternal Flame with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, followed by headlines with David Lichtenstein, and then the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday. No, no, not next Monday. We're off. It's the nine days. Until the Monday immediately following Tisha B'Av, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. <laughs> Thank you.